Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face, and two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Welcome to Vintage Church, whether you're in the room or whether you have joined us online. If this is your first time worshiping with us, this is not necessarily what we normally do. But we felt really clearly that God wanted us to take a Sunday and hit pause. We opened 2021 with a series that was, it was needed, but it was heavy, amen? It brought some topics that were difficult for us to wrestle with. It was one of those series that kind of hit the core of who we are and who we're not and who God has called us to be and who we are capable of being because the power of the gospel. And as I finished up that series, just emotionally and spiritually, I felt exhausted. And we got some clear direction about where God wants us to go next as we start stepping towards Easter. But I felt the Lord just in some time, quiet, seeking him, say, Matt, take a Sunday and talk about my glory. I said, God, your glory, the glory of God. That seems like a subject that's a bit too weighty for me to try to unpack. It's a phrase that maybe we're familiar with, but I'm not sure we completely understand the glory of God. It's, it's not a subject we hear a whole lot of sermons about. And I don't think it's because we don't wanna talk about it. I just think that human words have a hard time unpacking what the glory of God really is and really means. We see this concept of God's glory littered all throughout scripture, like the passage you heard as we began our time together today from Isaiah 6, where Isaiah has this vision where he's taken into this space and he says, I saw this room and it was, there were angels and seraphims and these creatures that were beyond human understanding and they were engulfed in worship, singing holy, holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. And what you would think would be next would be the whole earth is full of his holiness, but what it says is the whole earth is full of his glory. 
is glory. What does it mean to understand the glory of God? How do we wrap our minds around that concept? Later in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 42, starting with verse five, Isaiah would also record this. This is what the Lord says. The creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth and all that springs from it, who gives breath to his people and life to those who walk in it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open the eyes that are blind and to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in the darkness. And I love this next verse. I am the Lord, that's my name. But I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. That as you walk through all of scripture, there's a lot of things that God says we get to share in. There are a lot of promises from Genesis to Revelation. God does not owe you anything, but he has promised you many things. But his glory is his alone. He showers us with his grace, but he does not share his glory. That is his. That belongs to nobody else. And whenever we attempt to rob him of what is rightfully his, that is the worst thing that we can do. When we seek to put a spotlight on ourselves and take glory that only belongs to God is when we have the moments of greatest despair. Because his glory is not something that he will share. It's everywhere at all times. It fills the earth from corner to corner. And it is something that there's something wired in us that we long to see it. We long to experience it. We long to step into his glory. But in this earth, on this side of heaven, we only get to get glimpses of it. Because to see the fullness and the full weight of his glory is not something that any human could ever withstand. Moses even asked God in in this season where God is calling him into this space where he is attempting to do something that seems so much bigger than him. Attempting to lead this nation of people who's stubborn and... He asked God in Exodus chapter 33, Says Moses said, now show me your glory. God, I wanna see it. I wanna see this this glory that, that is tethered to your name that my mind can't comprehend. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one can see my face and live. That Moses 
I'm grateful that you long to understand and see my glory because you were created by it, through it, for it. And your life exists to proclaim my glory. And everything that I'm calling you to do as you lead this nation is to point to the glory and goodness of who I am. But for you to see it in full is more than you can bear. But I'll give you a glimpse. Because as Moses stood there in this moment when he, when he was about to step into something that was so much bigger than he was capable of, as he's moving into God's calling that would take from him more than he thought he could give, as he's moving into leading this people, he says, God, I just need to see you. And he says, okay, I get that. Because there's something that an awareness of God's glory triggers in humanity when we see it. Psalm 19.1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hand that his earth is full of his glory and there are moments that we see things that trigger an awareness of that glory. You know those images? You ever had a moment where you experienced something where your eyes got to see or your heart got to feel something that triggered an awareness of God's glory? Maybe it was the first time you lay eyes on your child when they were born. There's something when you see a newborn baby that reminds you of the glory of God and his creation. To see those little fingers and toes and to hear those cries. Or have you ever stood out in the yard on a clear summer's night and stared into the night sky infinite that as far as you can see you can't see very far that there's so much beyond what these human eyes can see and in there his glory shines because you realize how small you are I woken up early one morning step out and watch that yellow sun bursting from the heavens, bringing light to a dark world, especially a morning after a cloudy, rainy, stormy evening where everything seems just a little bit brighter. Or watch that same sun go down, maybe standing on the beach, almost as if the sea is swallowing it up only to return again the next morning. Those images of beauty trigger an awareness of his glory, the glory of God. And you know, we seem to tether the word beauty to glory. But the Hebrew word throughout the Old Testament for glory has nothing to do with beauty. 
That's another word that we use often, majesty. Did you know the Hebrew word for glory actually means weight or heaviness? That when the glory of God weighs heavy on your spirit, it elicits a reaction from us as humans. And today, I just wanna remind us of the glory of God. I'll be honest, I can't, I can't explain it with this human tongue. I can't fully use my words, which is something I love to do, but I, can't, I don't have the words to describe what is the glory of God. It cannot be fully described by a human mouth. There are no words in any language to fully encompass the glory of God. But what I hope happens today is everybody in this room and joining us online, like Moses, gets a glimpse just a glimpse of his glory. Maybe, maybe that's what you need. In the last 12 months, we felt the weight of so many things. The weight of loss, the weight of frustration, the weight of disruption, the weight of grief, the weight of anger. But today I want you to feel the weight of his glory, heavy on your heart that elicits a reaction from your spirit to acknowledge that he is God and you are not. The earth is still filled with his glory. It is still full of his goodness, even when we don't see it. It cannot be erased by anything or anyone. And so today, I'm gonna invite you just to step into his glory. Let this experience together trigger an awareness of who he is. And as we worship over the next several moments, I'm not gonna ask you to stand. I'm not gonna ask you to lift a hand. I'm gonna ask you to worship him however you feel led. Because when you've become fully aware of his glory, that's the only response. To give him praise and honor. That in response to his glory, it's not just about serving and all the things that that we are called to do, but just to acknowledge, God, you are God and I am not. I wanna feel the weight of your glory. So God, as we worship you today, let your glory be seen as much as it can be on this earth. Let us see just a glimpse of your glory. The glory of God that is shared by no one and nothing, the glory that belongs to you and you alone. Meet with us here, Lord. We're grateful that we get to be in your presence and all the things that have been afforded to us in the mercy and grace that you've given us. But God, today we worship you in response, not to just what you've done, but because of who you are. You alone are worthy of worship. Not a single human, not a single material thing is worthy of our praise. You will not yield your glory to another. And so God, today, with one voice, we declare your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Psalm eight, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. 
you have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of your children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands and you put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild the birds in the air and the fish in the sea and all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 103, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we were formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 145, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They, they tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. 
They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and he is faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Have a seat for just a moment. I give you a chance just to catch your breath for a second. Our prayer is that over the last several moments that you've been able to just get a glimpse of his glory and soak it in. To feel his presence surrounding your spirit and inhabiting your praise. Because God is still giving his people glimpses of his glory. See, Isaiah... Moses weren't the only ones. There's a place in the Gospels where a handful of Jesus' followers, a few guys that were closest to him, got to experience something really unique. It's recorded in the Gospel of Luke and other places in the Gospels, Luke chapter 9. It says, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him, and he went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Peter said to him, Master, it it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And he did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. 
when the voice had spoken, they found Jesus was alone. And the disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Peter, James, and John got to see a glimpse into the glory of God falling on the fullness of Jesus. Jesus, for the first time, looked different than he had always looked. The Jesus they had watched feed 5,000 and walk on water and do miraculous things on this mountain, they got to see a further glimpse into his deity. They got to get a glimpse of the glory that rests on the one and only Son of God, and it moved them, and they didn't know what to do with it. They were almost paralyzed by it. But his glory was never meant to paralyze us. It was meant to propel us in faith. Come on, somebody. See, in Jesus, the world got to see as much of God as we can humanly contain. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 1 would say, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. And listen to this. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, the majesty in heaven. See, in Jesus, we got to get a further glimpse into God's glory, but the gospel flows from his glory for his glory, making us vessels that can properly declare it. See, I think there's, there's a misunderstanding at times that we project onto the gospel as if the gospel gives us grace that somehow pulls us up to God's level. We will never be on God's level. Grace does not elevate us to his level. It purifies us that allows us to be in his presence. His glory is far beyond any and everything. Everything is made because of it and for it. And with the work that Jesus has done in your life has now unleashed what he desired in the beginning. A person forgiven and free with the purpose of living a life that declares his glory. That's why you're here. Your life, your moments, everything about you is meant to be a song for his glory. Every moment, a note of praise to him. As I read through the Psalms, I'm reminded that like our lives are a living, breathing Psalm, a living, breathing testimony to the glory of God. That everything that we say and everything that we do helps the world to see there is this wonderful, powerful, beautiful God that you can know. And I want my life to be a declaration to his glory, not a life that impresses people with my gifts or talents or whatever, but no, a life that declares the glory of God. When this whole concept of the glory of God started moving in my spirit, I sat down at my desk one day and opened up 
the notes app on my computer and I just started writing. And for a while I've debated on whether or not what God gave me in that moment was just for me or how he wanted to use it. But as we move throughout this week and this morning, I just wanna share with you what he put on my heart. So I'm gonna ask you to take a moment, bow your head, close your eyes and just let your mind put aside distraction and center in on my voice. And I want you to hear these words in response to the glory of God. I bask in your glory, soak in your presence, overwhelmed by your mercy and changed by your grace. Like the warmth of a summer sun, your glory comes and I'm undone. Like the heat of midday, your glory enters, but it soothes like the shade. In a space that seems empty, suddenly things can change. You enter the room and my soul comes awake. Lost in your glory, no longer unsure. My soul stirred from stone and my heart longs for more. It's just me and you. When you're in the room, nothing else matters. I'm completely consumed. In the fullness of glory, you fill every corner from glory to glory in awe and in wonder. I'll stay here with you. There's nothing else needed. In your presence, I'm whole. All worry is defeated. Your glory breaks through an unstoppable wind. Through walls of distraction, all creation will bend. Rising to sing with a voice, I will shout. All praise in my soul from my chains I break out. Your glory burns bright, so strong I am blind, but my eyes are not needed. Your voice is my God. I won't leave it here. Your glory uncontained. Unleashed in all places, I am full and sustained. That, Father, when we come to an awareness of the wonder of your glory, when we acknowledge that it's far beyond what we can explain, but it's also something we can never escape, that through your glory, for your glory, by your glory, we were formed and made and have our being. And God, help us to live as instruments that declare your glory, our lives, a song of praise to your goodness. That as we leave this place in a little while and we step into the world, God, may we live in a way that brings all honor and glory to your name. Continue to mold us into who you created us to be so that we can do just that. God, may every moment of the rest of our lives serve as a testimony to the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Venice Church app by going to app.venicechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.